This is Aruna Krishnan. On today's episode of Lead That Thing, I talk to Holly Lifty, Executive Vice President of Human Resources at The Bold Company. Too. Yeah, so I'll give you some background. I think I kind of said this in my in my message to you. I'm on my third book and it's on leadership. And I'm actually super excited about this one because I feel like even as an author, it's a growth. Like the first one was, okay, let me try this out. And it was more like written from the heart. Then the second one was like, okay, this is an idea. I'm kind of mixing my professional side of it, bringing those tools into 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 how to make it accessible to non-professional necessarily non-IT people and right. this is like okay leadership and all the struggles in leadership and my experience of what I've seen what is good leadership what is bad leadership and then how better to kind of make it like a whole product than talk to people leaders that I've worked with leaders in Milwaukee area and then angles of corporate leaders community leaders leaders in school so I thought like this will just kind of make it not just okay this is just aruna's dumping her thoughts but more like real right and more real information yeah. from the real world and bring bring that out to people and see like okay this is how this person had their journey these are the challenges and this is how they went went about kind of overcoming them and, and maybe this is uh, how they view leadership because i talked to rick just the other day and yeah. rick is he he comes across as an extremely humble person and it's like you will see different different spectrums of leadership right so, yes. so it's like depending on their background and stuff like that so, so i i really appreciate that about him and then mm -hmm. uh, and i'm hoping even in this process that i will learn more to like uh, how i can further my leadership journey also just by yeah. talking to diverse people yeah you know i um I read a lot. It, it goes up and down with how much work I've got going on, but I read a lot and, and leadership is probably the most frequent topic of business and professional books that I read. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, if, if we are truly, I've got a friend who talks about, he's not a human being, he's a human doing. You know, human <laughs> beings can be stagnant, but human doings are continuing to grow and develop and evolve. And that's, I've not put it that way until I met him, but I, I'm like, yeah, that's, I, I'm I'm probably a chronic learner, which sounds negative, yeah, but it's actually yeah. a great thing. But as a result, I think your leadership style and a lot of things about who you are should continue to grow and evolve. Yeah. Um, so you know that what you're saying makes sense. Every relationship we have, um, every every business opportunity, every social opportunity we have is an opportunity to kind of self-reflect a bit too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I echo your thoughts. Okay, that's great. To lead job so you go in and examine a bank for solvency capital adequacy management quality liquidity and earnings sustainability and you start out as you know really green getting trained yeah. but then as you work up you get the opportunity to lead the projects and then i got mm -hmm. the opportunity to teach um, out in dc and i really found i enjoyed that and that started me thinking about two things one was that i had desperately wanted to get my mba Okay. And I was traveling 90% of the time. That wasn't going to work. Um, and my next promotions were going to take me either to D.C. or Chicago, which was, I was all about that. But mm -hmm. my husband was not. Okay. So I was like, okay, all right, let's yeah. think about this. And I found myself really examining, well, what is it I really enjoy doing? What yeah. is it that really, you know, sparks my passion? Mm -hmm. And it really was helping others. 
helping them see possibilities that maybe they didn't even know they could aspire mm. to. Mm. Um, connecting dots, problem solving, and kind yeah. of being able to envision the future and then create the path to get there. So all those things are like, okay, I'm sorry. And I'm only four or five years into my career, but I'm starting to see this pattern. And um, I started doing a search mm-hmm. and my undergrad education was both in finance and HR. Okay. So I was able to find an opportunity with a former a mentor that I had worked for as an intern mm-hmm. where he was building this HR department and, and asked if I'd come and join his team. And it was, it was a really exciting opportunity. Not a, a it was a family owned company that was going through huge growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from like 200 employees to 2,500, 2,750, something like that in eight years. So it was a very fast growing organization. And, and the reason I bring those two pieces together is at that organization, because of our rapid growth, if you were willing to roll up your sleeves, do whatever needed to get done, yeah, you had the opportunity. And we were also going constantly through this evolution of the organizational management. Mm-hmm. Um, you went from a family-owned company. It was family-owned the whole time I was there. But it was family-run mm-hmm. to hiring somebody new outside of the family. First, you transitioned from one family member to another. Then you hired somebody. Yeah. And all those transitions we had situations where we acquired organizations We had situations where we sold off organizations we yeah. had huge growth in our talent we also had huge reductions at times yeah and what kept coming back to me was these are really hard things to do but no matter how difficult a situation yeah. is if you have a good sense of self mm-hmm. you have a good understanding of who you are what your values are doesn't mean you have to be perfect, right. but you can use that as a way to self-manage, to guide yourself through those situations. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to resonate with people. So my first um, titled leadership position yeah. was when I was with Anchor Food Products, where I became a manager of the department, a mm-hmm. small department. And that sense of responsibility came again to me. Um, and I, I felt very strongly about helping to guide my team through a very high stress period as we were growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of reached a point with that organization. I was there about eight and a half, nine years. Mm-hmm. And I reached a point where I was kind of ready to own a bigger piece of the pie. I was, yeah, yeah. And just where the company was going, I didn't see if that would happen on the timeline I was hoping for. So that's what led me to looking for a new position. Um, and I was very blessed to have multiple opportunities and mm-hmm. blessed to have selected to join society. Yeah. When I joined society in 2000, I came in as the director of HR. And Jim Thomas was looking for somebody that could both be strategic. Yeah. And yeah. And, okay. Okay. And because you, well, I told him that's what I thought he needed. He agreed with me. Um, <laughs> but what it really became was um, a space where you really had to influence Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We hadn't been really strong at helping people reach their best potential. Okay. And so it was really exciting opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are a couple of the positions that I've had from yeah. a leadership perspective. I was then, you know, obviously, fortunately promoted to vice president of um, HR. HR, yeah. And then um, have always had, you know, I've got that finance side. So I've always been big into the ops. Yeah. I learned a lot about insurance, worked on my mm-hmm. education, a lot of. Yeah, self-educating to do that. Yeah, and then the insurance industry has great tools for doing that. Um, so then, as I was still looking for more challenge and greater challenge, 
You know, I was really fortunate yeah. that Jim Thomas in particular, and certainly Rick, um, yeah. were very supportive of me moving into that commercial underwriting role. Yeah. And it, it was really interesting to move from a role that influenced so much in the whole company to a role that really focused more in the department. Right. I was also responsible for the revenue growth. You know, mm -hmm. generating positively earning revenue, it was a whole new challenge for me. Yeah. You know, and if I think about, so going through some of those transitions in my 18 to 19 years that I was with society, yeah. um, it's just a great organization. Um, and right. I, I feel so blessed at the organizations I've chosen to mm -hmm. work with over my career, because I can look back at every one of them and look at the one I'm at now and say, wow, I chose right. well. I was very fortunate um, that we had such a good partnership. Yeah. Um, through that, but even a great partnership, there's still a time when you need to start thinking about other opportunities too. You understand that. Right, right. Um, but the, there are some things I think I've learned as I've gone through some of these different opportunities that, again, it comes back to that passion that I found early on. It just becomes more profound over time. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's, leadership is a responsibility. Um, it's an honor, it's a responsibility. For me, it's not about ego. It's not mm -hmm. about self-gratification. Um, it, 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 it weighs on me in a positive way. Mm -hmm. But I, I think about some of the decisions I've had to make and guide. Even here, we had a, to do a reduction in force in December. And it's easy to say these are awful, and they are. It's yeah. absolutely awful to go through those situations. But I've, I've had this sense of, in my faith, um, I feel God has put me in a place and giving me the skill set to navigate those very difficult situations and give good care to all those people around me. I spent a lot of time going through those situations, making sure not only the employees were impacting negatively, but yeah. also the supervisors and managers that are going through that and the survivors yeah. that were supporting them well and helping mm -hmm. people understand as hard as this is right now, it's going to lead all of us to a better place. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, managing your own mind, managing your perspective on life. Yeah. And, and finding the good all, yeah. all the time in every situation. And sure, you know, we've all had disappointments. We've all had challenges in our careers. Mm -hmm. But if we look back, those are usually springboards to something yeah, great. Yeah, that's, that's very um, true. I have a yeah. friend who was just furloughed as a result of mm -hmm. COVID. And I actually owe her a call, but she was really upset about it. And I said, you know what? I said, yeah. feel everything you're feeling right now. That's okay. Yeah. And it's actually good to process it. But no, right. God has another plan for you. It's That's so true. You know, as I've gone through searches within my career, I've yeah. always taken the time to make sure I know me yeah. and know what I want. True. And what's, what I find, I'm not surprised by it anymore. Others are. Yeah. But what I find by it is if I start to get a little restless or I just find I need more of a challenge or something different for whatever reason, yeah. Yeah. I usually make pretty big changes. Okay. So okay. I left FDIC and I went into food manufacturing yeah. Went from a financial role to an HR role. Mm -hmm. When I went to society, I left food manufacturing for the insurance industry, yeah. all new to me. And I loved having a whole new industry to learn. Yeah. And then within society, I had the opportunity to move into commercial underwriting, all new challenges. Yeah. I love a new challenge. When I was looking for this opportunity, and again, I was very blessed. I had yeah. three or four very solid opportunities and I, I, I'm humbled by that because it's not everybody has a lot of choices. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very humbled to have That's those amazing. opportunities. Yeah. Um, but I chose the biggest, toughest yeah. role in an all new industry. And I love it. 
you know, so I know that about myself. I know that's part of how yeah. I guide myself is I want that challenge. I want that next big bite out of the apple. Yeah. But what was also very important to me in each of these moves, but really this last one. Yeah. There are a couple things that are really important to me. Um, leadership style is super important to me. Mm -hmm. We don't all have to have the same leadership style, but they've got to mesh pretty effectively yeah. together. Um, my part of my style is to be open and candid. I believe mm -hmm. we should be able to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should be able to talk about anything. I think we should be able to, if you've got an idea and I've got an idea, yeah. I don't even care if they're opposites. We should be able to throw it out on the table, beat it up right. respectfully and positively, and right. we're going to come up with something better than we could individually. Yeah. Genuine yeah. synergy. I believe in that. Um, but many times in my career, I've worked with people that didn't either have the confidence mm -hmm. or the comfort mm -hmm. and the willingness to be vulnerable to do that. You know, yeah. you've got to be willing to say, oh, yeah, that's a much better idea than mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I, I think that's super important. So yeah. finding an organization where the leadership team was going to be focused that way, mm -hmm. that the goals of the organization are the focus, especially of your top leadership team. That was really important to me mm -hmm. because there's an abundance mentality and then there's a scarcity mentality. Mm -hmm. In a scarcity mentality environment, everybody fights over a piece of the pie. You know, it's <laughs> territorialism, it's control, it's all those things. Yeah. But if everybody's focused on growing the pie, it's just more for everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's how I'm wound. That's I don't need true. to compete with somebody over territory. Oh, yeah. Let's pull it together and build something greater. Yeah. Um, so that was really important to me. And it's funny you mentioned humility. When I first had the opportunity to speak to, I'll say, you know, high schoolers and college people about yeah. leadership, that I thought about, you know, there's so many of the, you know, you hear a lot of the same themes. You hear a lot right. of the same messages. Like, well, if I don't think I'm like everybody else, what makes me different? Mm -hmm. And what do I think really makes successful leaders? And I, yeah. I gave a lot of thought to the people I'd worked with, the ones that I respected the most, and those yeah. that maybe didn't quite respect as much. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that stood out for me was humility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think leaders have a hard time being humble. Now, they can appear humble. Yeah. But for me, the test of, humani of humility and what that looks like is when you can say, I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. oh, I made yeah, a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Teach me. I'm very leery of leaders that don't think they've made mistakes, that don't recognize the learning opportunities. And that really, we've all worked for those leaders or work with leaders that feel like they've got to look like they've got all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's effective. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be the leader that everybody I hire around me is smarter and better than I am. And I'm mm -hmm. happy telling them that right. and everybody else too. Because that's how we bring all those great talents together and yeah. make something better. Right. Um, probably besides at an individual level, unleashing people's potential, helping them see beyond whatever self-imposed limitations mm -hmm. they've created. Mm -hmm. the, next best, the next piece about that that I really love is building teams. Yeah. Building teams that are energized, that are trusting, they're willing to be vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing that the first time I did it. And I'm like, I'll never have another team like this. And then I built another yeah. one. I'm like, I'm never going to have another one like this. And I yeah. started to realize like, no, I can do this. I can build these teams. But it has, it really doesn't have a lot to do with me except establishing the culture and the expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And unleashing people's potential and getting the heck out of their way. Yeah. Um, I think companies sometimes get so controlling. Yeah. 
stifle people's creativity and, and ideas. Jim yeah. Thomas, definitely one of my mentors, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Jim Thomas hired me at Society. Yeah. Um, he gave me, they didn't really know what strategic HR was, but what I really valued about working with Jim, he's one of the most intelligent people I've known. Yeah. And we could beat something up. Yeah. We could challenge each other and beat something up. He was a man of little praise and mm -hmm. I didn't need a lot. So that was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people struggled with that because you yeah. heard about when you didn't do something right. Yeah. Uh, I was okay with that. That worked okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Then you grow, right? You grow. Yeah. And what, what I would do is I'd work on something. I'd get it as perfect as I thought I could. Yeah. And I'd, I'd tap into other people. If I was writing a new policy or a new program, yeah. I'd go out to claims folks, underwriting folks and say, what does this mean to you to make sure I was yeah. saying the right things? Right. Then I'd go to Jim and I'd say, do your worst. You'll find yeah. what I need. And it was kind of a game for me a little bit to try yeah. to get to the point where I didn't miss anything. But yeah. every time I asked him to challenge me, he did. And it just was this very trusting, yeah. mutually respectful, challenging yeah. kind of relationship. Oh, that's good. And, yeah. and you know, for me, that was a very, very effective, effective way to work. Um, so mm -hmm. he's definitely one of those people I put high on my mentors list. Um, it was very, very exciting to work with yeah. him. Um, cool. And he was also a champion when it came time that you know i started talking to him i was probably there about three years when i said some point i'm going to need more to dig my teeth into yeah I, there's a lot of work to do here i've got a lot of things i've got years of work to do here yet but somewhere along the line unless the company grew rapidly where it needed a much larger function i was going to mm -hmm. need a bigger challenge and we talked about that all the time and he wasn't intimidated by it he wasn't uncomfortable with it mm -hmm. there are times we'd look at each other and go yeah i don't know what to do with it either but that, that really taught me a lot about, mm. you know, he wasn't, he was okay. If you yeah. went in and say, you know, someday I want your job. He was COO yeah. at one point. And I said, you know, how do I get here? How do I do yeah. this? I didn't know if I wanted to or not, but yeah. how do I do that? And how do I get that exposure? Yeah. Um, so I will always try to make a point of hiring people around. It's like, I want you wanting my job. My job yeah. is to work myself out of a job. <laughs> um, so he's definitely a, a good mentor for me. Mm -hmm. But we've, um, we've certainly had, challenges well and i'll talk about where i'm at now yeah. so um the bolt company it's a, a commercial construction company mm -hmm. we're a um, little over a billion dollars in revenue so it's a big organization and as i said we're across the country our projects span from florida to maine to washington state to socal mm -hmm. so we're literally we've got another project starting in texas yeah um the the senior leadership group here we're going through a transition um i knew coming in that the gentleman I was working for as a COO was going to become the president. And mm -hmm. we actually moved that up a little bit. It just happened as of yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, my role continued to report to the president. That was important mm -hmm. to me. I needed yeah. to be in a position reporting to the president. Right. I didn't want anything in between. Right, right. And, but finding that person where your styles mesh yeah. and you work all together, I mean, it's, it's super exciting um, to do that. At the same time, have this foundation of history that this company has. Yeah. But we're, we are, I joke that we're a 130 year old startup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and what I mean by that is all these offices I've mentioned are different operations across the company, across the country, mm -hmm. but they each kind of started up kind of on their own. You know, we've got a big project in Oklahoma okay. City, let's start an office there and grow it. Yeah. What we're trying to do now is bring some governance, um, yeah. some, the right balance of governance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and consistency in how we execute across. Yeah the the country and part of that 
was they wanted somebody very strong leading HR. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I had operations background, yeah. so I know what it's like to generate revenue, I know what it's like to make it profitable, but that I also know how to handle a corporate department, enterprise department. That yeah. was really exciting. So I just celebrated my one year anniversary here, not too terribly long ago. And it's, yeah. been, it's been challenging, it's been very exciting. Um, and it's interesting to learn a whole new culture, a whole new interest in industry. And mm -hmm. then really I was charged with rebuilding the department, mm -hmm. um, which means tearing some down and starting yeah. over again. So that's yeah. what we're there. That's really amazing. And when you were t telling me about some of those things that you feel are important in leadership, it's so funny. I have this chapter in my book where it's kind of like, basically assessing yourself as a leader and some of the points that you brought up about being able to de de delegate and then deferring to your experts, giving people credit, owning your mistakes, like you mentioned, pretty much all of these points. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I think we see very much eye to eye in terms of well, what is good and, leadership. And, you know, depending, a lot of us, you know, depending on how we raise sometimes the way we were raised and how we have to operate professionally are a little bit different, mm -hmm. but we have to understand where that comes from. So, you know, certainly, um, you know, women sometimes have a tendency to downplay their value. So I often talk about, it's very possible to be confident and humble, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, but that that's a tough, it sometimes can be a balance because mm -hmm. I, I know people that think they're confident and they're a whole lot cocky, you know? <laughs> so, so how right. approachable are we if we're, if we cross that line a little bit? But our values have so much to do with how, how we lead and how we conduct ourselves. I think about, my values have always been a part of me. I've always been a reflective person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, none of us are perfect. And I think we learn right. often from our mistakes. Um, and we have to own those mistakes. We have to be willing to face them and say, yeah, I screwed up here. How do I, what do I do now? What, how will I do better next time? Yeah. Uh, when you hire a leader into any function, and especially if it's an enterprise-wide impacting function, Mm -hmm. It will impact your culture. Mm -hmm. Be very certain to understand how that person is wired, how your organization is wired, and if it's a fit, too. But I just thought of something Rick said to me once that I think I, I'm borrowing this from him. Yeah. He talked about when he left West Bend and went to society, we talked about it a few times, and he was asking a mentor of his, and maybe he relayed this story, you know, what, you know, when are you most happy? And Mm -hmm. someone helped him figure out he's most happy when he's building something mm. yeah. and i said yeah you know once i get it all figured out and get it all fixed <laughs> you so need exciting. the next thing right yeah yeah and, and so that's i i've used that since because i i think i'm a builder and yeah. it, it was funny because when i was a couple of it was a very long process um landing this role and i i've told my boss during that process and since i said you know for a very long time, because I think he probably shared that with me like 2005 or 2006. I've, I've said, I'm a builder. I'm a builder yeah. of teams. I'm a builder of teams, of processes, of possibilities. Right, right. Um, I said, now I'm just kind of excited that I get to do it at a builder. All right. <laughs> I'll kind of keep circle a little bit. Perfect. Yeah. But so I stole that from, from Rick. Yeah. I, 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 think, uh, I think he's a builder. I think I'm a builder. We're different builders. But, yeah. You know, Diversity is something I value highly. Okay. Yeah. I do want to throw out one other mentor, if I could. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, there are actually a couple I can think of, but um, my mother. Oh, um, wow. yeah. It, you know, and I think a lot of us easily point back to our families, kind of out of respect. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, 
and, and through some self-exploration, some different work I've done in leadership groups and things of that nature, where you kind of look at, you know, how you're built and that sort of thing. Yeah. And okay. the reason I look to her as a mentor is, I mean, she and I can disagree fiercely. And that probably started when I was about 13. But <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> well, she always said that she raised me to be strong and independent. It just happened a lot sooner than she was expecting. Yeah. Uh, but she did teach me to be strong and independent. Um, she taught me to be self-reliant. Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't, she's not flexible, but because she's not, it taught me to be flexible mm -hmm. and to be adaptive. Uh, malleable is what my one son said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I remember some very specific points in time where I was looking up to her and I remember thinking one particular time, we had a ranch home. We lived in Northern Illinois, the just suburbs of Chicago. And the tornado sirens are going off. And we didn't have a basement. Mm -hmm. So if there were tornadoes, we would go into her bedroom where the windows were higher in this little corner. Yeah. And you could hear, this wasn't just a warning. We had a yeah. tornado in the city. Oh and my so yeah. my two younger brothers, myself, my mom, and our dog and a cat are all under like a cardboard table in the corner of this bedroom. Oh my goodness. And you look to your parent for, okay, how bad is this, right? Yeah. And her resolve, her calm. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember thinking, that's what I want to be. I want to be the calm in a storm. Wow. That's and amazing. I really look to her in that sense because I think there's, that's a big piece of how I've been as a leader. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually had to learn to not take control of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, in my career, I had to learn how to delegate and trust right. and verify and grow all of that. Right. Um, but at the same time, when the crap hits the fan, yeah, people have always kind of looked to me and yeah. then I want to be the person they know they can count on because a lot of mm -hmm. people in a panic situation do that. They panic, they can't figure out what to yeah. do. Yeah, right. And you know, there've been a number of times in my career where that's been very important. Um, yeah. I found other leaders around me, you know, the sky's falling. It's like, okay, just bring it down a notch. Yeah. Where we are. Um, so my mom has, has been a real important mentor to me and she's, she's rock solid. She, um, but so my point is, you know, I was three or four or five when that tornado went through. Yeah. You know, 54. She's almost 78. Yeah. And I still see that resolve in her and, and the strength. Um, I often, you know, the phrase God never gives us more than we can handle. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, but it'd be nice if you didn't have quite so much confidence in me. Um, <laughs> you know, a little break once in a while would be good, but um, I just want to throw that out there with my mom in particular. And, you know, frankly, my, I think about people I've worked with that, mm -hmm. have, been, that have taught me great things. Bobby Calise, she's a vice president at Integrity Insurance. She had worked for me at Society, mm -hmm. and um, we'd go head to head at times. But I yeah. definitely see her as someone that I learned a great deal about, about mm -hmm. how to manage. You know, you've got to learn how to lead different types of people. Right. What right. she needed wasn't the same thing that a dentist needed or right. Terry needed. Um, Stephanie Williams, you know, Trisha. Yeah. yeah. Ability, so I'm, I'm giving you all my little phrases here, but the golden rule, right? Yeah. Treat people as you would want to be treated. I actually think that's a big miss. Yeah. <laughs> I like the platinum rule, treat others yeah. as they want to be treated. Mm, but as yeah. a leader, that takes more time, you know, for me to get to know Aruna in a way to know yeah. what's important to her, what does she value? Yeah. Because yeah. if I give you what I need, that yeah. means 
that resonate. But if I can learn what you need, mm-hmm. that's, that's where very I can true. Help build a team. And I think that also allows everybody to be themselves. You know, yeah, that is so important. Yeah, I so totally important. relate to it. And I think that's what those are sort of my values too as a leader, as I've led teams, you know. But um, so when you've mentioned something about culture, so there's this, I guess I'll get your take on this because I've, so the phrase, Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So what do you what do you say to that? Because I'm yeah, sure I, I think what's meant when they say culture eats strategy for lunch, I think that's a fair statement when the two aren't in sync. I mm. actually believe your culture should be a part of your strategy. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we're working on here, I know mm-hmm. we have these words on the wall. Um, gosh, I should have them here somewhere but they're kind of our values. And we're going through this whole exercise to make sure they're the right values. Mm -hmm. And that is your culture, but your culture is how you execute your strategy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you have strategy and you're not thinking about culture, I I think you're gonna fall apart there too. So I think the only times your culture will eat strategy is if it's one or both are really dysfunctional. Um, (laughs) You can have a beautiful strategy and a crap culture. Strategy is never gonna happen, you'll never execute. you could have, I do believe you could have a really strong culture yeah. that could accomplish great things in spite of a bad strategy. Mm. I think that can happen too. Um, but I think if you only focus on one or the other, you're probably going to run into a problem. And I, um, yeah, so. I think it's an easy, easy cliche. Yeah. Sometimes when I've seen people say that, I've actually seen maybe they don't want to work as hard. Yeah, you know what? It's an excuse. It's an excuse to want to change something, right? Because change is hard. And that's what I run into. Change is hard. So we kind of hide behind the culture. But then who's going to change the culture? You, there has to be a starting point, right? So I was probably here, I don't know, three or four months. And I'd interviewed a candidate for a higher level position mm-hmm. um, and bumped into my boss in the hallway. And he said, so what would you think? Is he a fit for our culture? And I said, well, there's two questions there. Is he a fit for our culture as it exists? And is he a fit for the culture we want to create? Mm, And Dave just stopped in the hallway. He said, that's a good point. I said, we have to stop hiring people for the culture we've had. We need to start hiring people for the culture we're trying to build. Yes. Which, you know, that's, that's part of what my yeah. role and me coming into the role, into right. the role specifically is supposed to help garner. That's, that's right. great. That number one. When you're making those kinds of changes, yeah. you'll say we're changing. It's like, yeah. don't assume that's bad. Yeah. Right. It may not be bad. And, but right. you always have some people that don't want the change. Right. Um, and, and let's face it. If you've been somebody who's been able to phone it in, you're not going to want that change. Right, right. I want to ask you probably the, I guess the final question. So we kind of started talking about that in the beginning with like, okay, so with COVID-19, things have had to change. I guess, how would you summarize like as a leader or as a leader in your company, like keeping the optimism high and kind of how have you adapted to the changes and like still maintaining the possible, uh, the positivity around your company and employees. Uh, and, and just so you have a, a, a scope or an understanding of what my role has been in that. Yeah. Um, myself and one other executive leader, um, we have, I, I joke, I've been living in Coronaville since February. Um, <laughs> wow. It's just, everything's been Corona. Now I'm still driving things forward, uh, but it's an incredible amount of time 
and energy organization that we've had to put into it. Initially understanding, trying to understand what's happening in all of our geographic locations, how that's impacting our jobs, what are the owners, so when we're doing a, a project for GM or for you know, a, a large health system, what's happening with them, how are they being impacted, are they gonna change the scope of the project, what's gonna happen to our revenues? Understanding all of that, at the same time, we talked about we need to care for our employees and care for the business. Mm -hmm. um, it was really easy for people to get one-dimensional. You know, health and safety of our employees is the only issue. Health and safety of our, of our employees is incredibly important, and I would mm -hmm. never sacrifice anything for it. Mm -hmm. The health of the organization is also important because in six to 12 months, if we haven't taken care of that, we're not going to have the positions and the jobs right. in order to employ the, employ the employees. Right. So one of our missions was how can we make sure to try to keep our employees whole as we go through this. So taking yeah. care of them both physically and their health, but also right. for the long term. And I think right. some companies only looked at one and then we'll deal with the other later. Right. <laughs> so, but that took another, yeah, it was another dimension that we had yeah. to look at and consider as we made our decisions. Um, so there was a lot of fear, a lot of worry. I remember Tom Bolt is the fourth generation Bolt to lead the organization. And this was back in February. And we had debates at the executive level, positive debates. Should our offices be open? Should they not be open? But we've got projects. You can't swing a hammer. You can't cut a piece of wood right. from home. They have to be on site if the projects right. are running. So right. should our offices really be closed if they have to be on site? So all these really healthy discussions. Yeah. But there was polarization as well. Not, not anger, just the whole mm -hmm. spectrum of decisions. And I told Tom Bolt, I said, Tom, we need to accept this right now. No matter what we do, it's going to be wrong to somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just last week, I had one employee extremely upset that we were even considering starting to put people back in our offices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I had somebody else extremely upset that we ever closed our offices. Right, right. So you're managing both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things is to recognize is whatever somebody is feeling mm -hmm. is their reality and we should understand and support that. Yeah. Um, you know, feel what you feel. What you do with it is another animal. Mm -hmm. um, so with COVID in particular, We've, we've gone through the cycle now of working to make sure our employees were safe, building, you know, we built out a whole Teams site and then a whole COVID site on our internet mm -hmm. um, that's focused on that, built all kinds of resources for our team. Started out, we were doing daily communications to our mm -hmm. employees about where we were, what's going on, mm -hmm. especially as all the states and municipalities started shutting down and, mm -hmm. and doing the safer at home type of approach. Yeah trying to keep track of that, making sure the teams in those areas had tools they needed, that employees felt safe, valued, right. and we used a lot of flexibility. Yeah. You know, if you're not comfortable working at work right now and you can be productive at home, go. Yeah. yeah. So we were a little slower to shut the offices down, but we were faster to letting people make that choice for themselves. And mm -hmm. that's accountability is kind of a thing with me. You know, make yeah. your own choice. Yeah. There are consequences, but make your own choice. Yeah. And um, it was funny because we didn't, you'll appreciate this. We don't have any of our IT equipment barcoded. Nothing's inventoried. And I'm like, we're a billion dollars, are you kidding? Well, I'm just watching people who are like, take your monitors, yeah. take your docking stations, whatever oh you need. I'm like, gosh, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much this is going to come back. <laughs> um, because it's just like, oh, like, you know, I'm used to having everything barcoded, scanned. Right, right. Um, a very trusting culture, which is nice too. Yeah. Yeah. But 
but so we went through all of that and you think you're going to catch your breath and then you're dealing with how long is it going to go on yeah. providing people with the tools they need fortunately we had the ability to do a lot of work remotely we had just got put a new erp in that went live last may and then we um, went full into teams in july mm. july or august so people okay. were getting comfortable that's good yeah. and it was a crash course because that's how you have to work right right um, and we heavily used video I mean, it's okay. expected people are using video because we think yeah. it's a higher degree of engagement. Right, right. So we've, we've gone through all that, but still we have meetings every day from mm -hmm. 9 to 10. We have meetings with our core group and our task force yeah. around what's going on with the projects, what's going on with our different operations, what do we need to do. And probably about a month ago, we started, okay, now we need to start building plans for reopening, mm -hmm. which was a shock to the task force. And like, we're not saying we're going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. But we've had... We've got facilities renovations to make. We've got processes right. to put in place. So we have um, on our sites, we've done it all along now that our offices are opening. If you're entering any of our work locations, you have to do a daily health verification form. Mm -hmm. you know, basic questions. Have you been sick? Have you been around somebody who's been had COVID? Yeah. Been internationally traveling. Um, it started out as a paper form back yeah. in February. Our IT group built an app. So yeah. we've got that now. And it's really oh, great. When you come into the office, we have one-way directionals, you know, so on uh, all yeah. the floors. Quick um, responses. Huh? All the sanitation supplies, we had those in here before, but everybody's yeah. temperature is being checked. as they Okay, with the thermal guns and stuff? We're doing thermal guns, and then for next week, we've had on back order some equipment where there's no touch. You walk up, it's scanned. Oh, nice. You know, nice. So we keep evolving that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you transition to how do we get people out of the office and then how do we make sure they're feeling engaged and how are they doing all right? And yeah. How do we put these things in place. And then every one of our customers wanted to know what our COVID plan was. So we're building yeah. all these tools and now we're coming the other way, but we're not setting dates on a lot of things. Yeah. Right now. You know, we very slow open um, yeah. our office and I'm watching, I'm watching what's happening in Wisconsin mm -hmm. and Northeastern Wisconsin, yeah. where people live. Mm -hmm. you start seeing an increase in cases. We won't yeah, be more right. There's still so much uncertainty. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it then, sounds like, oh, I'm sorry. Then, you know, but in the heat of that, so one of the things we started on last year was a diversity and inclusion initiative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we have the circumstances of last Monday and everything that's happened. Right. And it, it's really interesting, you know, the, our whole country beyond is dealing with the layering of these two very different but very impactful events. Yeah. Um, and, and then everything that stems from that. And we're trying to make sure we're giving that good attention also. Mm -hmm. um, even while everybody was out, we continued some of our DNI work, including some surveys to get a better sense of self-assessment yeah. as an organization. Where are we willing? How do we think we're doing? Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're using that as we go forward. And one of the things we were already talking about was helping people understand some of the history of race relations, not necessarily talking about um, like civil, um, yeah, yeah, civil era, but we're talking more about some of the systemic things that have been in place that have caused opportunity not to be fairly distributed or mm. equally distributed. Mm. And we were talking about that as one of our webinars, and I'm like, I think we need more than that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so more so people can understand. And there's right. a woman on my team who's um, Native American. Yeah. And, you know, she brings a whole other piece to that. And um, I said, you know, these are the conversations we should be having yeah. to learn to understand.
understand to appreciate and not assume the worst and and be negative and critical so if you're 24 and nobody reports to you or an intern reports yeah. to you you have the opportunity to influence right. the opportunity right. to make sure that when something is joked about or said you have a duty to step and say not cool yeah and it doesn't have to be a big deal but you have to call out the behavior right right and that's part of what we're talking about here and the statement we put out to our employees is about having the courage yeah. to have those conversations about recognizing that we're all imperfect because mm -hmm. i think all of us come across these little situations mm -hmm. and we need to have the courage to address yeah. them and that's right. how we're approaching it at the bolt company right. we've got a whole mindset to shift there and yeah. people are not overtly discriminatory yeah but those un unconscious bias that creeps yeah. over and over again yeah uh, yeah we have to, to work on so even with my sons i'm constantly talking about leadership and a lot of it's self-leadership not right. that we're perfect i have screwed up in a huge way at times yeah oh, yeah what do you learn what yeah. do you do with it and how do you pick yourself off and keep moving after that right right all right thank you so right. much holly i'll keep you updated and uh, as the book comes out and you gave me a lot of great information to think about i'm excited good, good luck with everything thank you all take right care. take care